Patty, you want to disclaim this? <laughs> sure. The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk about diversity. Yeah, diversity of the commensal bacteria in your gut. I mean, what really is microbiome diversity? We'll find out. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. So I got all your texts. Did you end up getting any sleep at all last night? No, I was down the Bill Wirtz rabbit hole uh, again. Sorry about that. Bill Wirtz, man. He's the best. Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm great, Patty Devers. How are you? I'm Crushing good. it and living yeah. my best life. I'm doing good. What? Crushing it and living my best life, of course. There we go. Oh my goodness, you guys, you have made it to this podcast. <laughs> it's called you. The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thanks, Genova. And it's where we talk about cool, trendy, hip things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, and integrative therapeutics. That really sounds hip and trendy, the way you just said that. See? Sounds cool. Maybe they should have put a microphone in front of my face. <laughs> well, if you're into these cool, hip, trendy things, maybe you can go to iTunes or Spotify, perhaps subscribe to the show, rate, review, leave us some stars, some great feedback, things like that. You know what else is hip and trendy? What? The internet. I've heard of that. Yeah. And we have a place on the internet that you uh -huh. can communicate with us. It's Look called us. an email address. Look at us. It's like mail, but it's electronic what? mail. What? So that's why. What are you hence, even saying? Hence the E in front. Oh. Uh, and that email address is podcast at gdx.net. And uh, we always love to hear from you. We do. We do. And if you're a patient interested in our testing to, to get it yourself or to connect with the clinician who is a Genova client, go to Genova Connect, which is connect.gdx.net. Also a website. Wow. More internet stuff. Patty, you think we got time to uh, read a review? Um, a positive review or a negative review? I'll, we'll do a positive one. We'll Are we ever going to do a negative one? Like yeah, no, tweets? we should. We should acknowledge right. them because okay. they're, they're pretty funny. Right. Um, Go ahead. This one is from Invaluable Resource for CNSs. So hmm. um, there's that. It, it's always good to hear from Invaluable Resource. Oh, who doesn't want to hear from Invaluable Resources? Yes. Um, the, it goes like this. Found this podcast through my professional development group, CNS, a few weeks ago, and I have been listening nonstop since. Aww. Wow, what great information and such an awesome, lighthearted dynamic between the hosts. When I heard the intro for Better Know a Biomarker, I literally cackled. <laughs> No. So hilarious. Now I know why you wanted to read that Thank one. you for producing such a wonderful jingle. No, podcast. Oh, that's really sweet. Speaking of Better Know a Biomarker, uh -oh. what are we talking about today? Are we talking about a biomarker? Maybe. Does that mean we're going to hear the jingle? Oh, yeah. You think you, you know? Think you, know? you just get better and better. You think you know your biomarkers? You don't know. Better and better. You don't know you don't your biomarkers. Better and better. This is, this is. Better Know Biomarkers. Better and better. You guys are really great. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oldie but a goodie. 
Oh, that's like that gets me fired up in the morning, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good so, one. So, um, but it does beg the question: What biomarker what were biomarker? we planning on here? I just kind of threw it in there because it was <laughs> in that review. So, well, if you can bail me out of this, this would be great. This episode's about diversity of the microbiome. Right there we go. So and microbiome we, diversity right. is a umbrella biomarker, you could say. But we also have a brand new profile called the microbiomics. Correct. Which gives, has biomarkers on it. It does, and it has one specific biomarker as it relates to diversity. Sure. So we're going to build a whole episode around getting to know a biomarker better. Can't wait. <laughs> so where do we start? Where well, Let's start with the diversity itself. And, you know, a lot of people talk about diversity it being a good thing. Like, the more mm. diverse your gut microbiome is, yes. the healthier, healthier you are. But yes. I guess the question then, well, why is it that important? That's a good question. Thanks. Think I can ask this magic eight ball? Yeah. Okay. It says ask Ed. Oh, oh he says ask Ed. Uh, uh, okay, so diversity within an ecosystem and this can you can go big right you can go to any ecosystem whether you're talking about the rainforest whether you're talking about uh the microbiome or any other ecosystem the more diversity you have basically the more opportunity there is that's the diversity creates more opportunity for change for growth for adaptation and so having a diverse microbiome in this case really increases the variability and the the opportunity to create good metabolites to have engage in gene swapping that's for the benefit of the host um, and the microbiome itself so this concept of diversity really i think that that would be my explanation for the why at a macro level i mean certainly the other aspect is when you look at the research you certainly find almost consistently that high diversity microbiome results in improvement in, or, or reduction in chronic disease development so it's clearly borne out in the research that having a very diverse microbiome in your GI tract is uh, advantageous. Right. And so you think in your mind, okay, well, how do you get diversity in the microbiome? Like, wh wh how do you measure this? And what are they looking at when they're looking at the diversity of the commensal bacteria? And it comes down to two things, evenness and richness. Mm -hmm. And really what that is, is how many different species are there and how evenly are they distributed? So like if you have, let's just say, a hundred different species, but 90% of the microbiome is of one species, that's not very even. It's top-loaded. Right. It's not right. very even. Yeah. So the whole concept of diversity takes those two things into consideration, evenness and richness. Right. How many different and how evenly distributed. Right. And richness is, is the other aspect, which Correct. is how many different separate organism type species are there. You could literally count them up, as you said, up to 100 or however what many I, you were talking yeah. about. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's talking about the, it's quantitative and qualitative. Right. Um, and so... So you have those two concepts. So are people just saying, oh, this person has an evenness turned up to 11? <laughs> or how are, how are they actually utilizing that information to get you somewhere? Well, it's, it's a calculation which we'll get to. But when you're looking at the evenness and richness of a specific data set, there are different ways you can look at this diversity oh boy. calculation. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I know, Michael. There's We're getting into data statistics. This is important. Man. It's important because you're going to hear these these key terms out there in the field, or we hear this on the phone all the time. Yeah, no, it's absolutely important. I, we talk about alpha versus beta versus gamma diversity, and really, what are those, Michael? Okay, so there are different ways at arriving at a couple different questions, actually. Mm -hmm. Some people tend to conflate 
alpha and beta as reflecting the same thing. Nope. But they are not the same nope. thing. Nope. And they're not telling you even things that are remotely similar to nope. each other. So when you're talking about from a gut microbiome perspective, the alpha diversity is essentially saying within that specific sample that you're taking, um, how diverse is that? You know, so if we're talking about GI, talking about a stool sample, how diverse was the microbiome with respect to what we saw in this particular specimen? You could just do the same thing from an ecosystem. You know, you go out to the rainforest and you say, okay, within this one rainforest, how diverse is the species of birds? Right. And so beta is completely different. Beta is saying, how does how does the diversity of this specific sample relate to some other type of sample, right? And so I think the, the rainforest analogy helps here because it's saying, okay, well, what's the diversity in the rainforest as compared to the diversity in the desert, right? And, and you could look at it and you say, oh, wow. The beta diversity is very dif- is very high because there's not a lot of similarity the between the desert and right. the rainforest. Okay, right. and similarly, you could do with a gut microbiome. Your diversity looks very different from my diversity. Correct. Okay, and so if you're thinking clinically, then I would say which is more important? Is it more important to determine how different from you I am, or is it more important for me to determine how diverse I am? Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I would think that might I could take this several different ways, because if I look at just your sample, Michael Chapman, what's your alpha diversity? How diverse is your microbiome? That's really important information. Yeah. But if I'm looking at a reference range, I'm like, how far off of you from this reference range? That's important. So as it relates to the microbiome, alpha diversity or the ability to know how diverse you are as Michael Chapman is critically important. Yes. And gamma is just that. Uh, it's just that. I don't know. Gamma rays and <laughs> gamma bursts, and I don't even want to think about gamma. <laughs> but this alpha diversity is also referred to as the Shannon diversity. That's right. Um, and it is arrived at by using those two factors that you were describing: the evenness and the richness as variables. And it does some math, does some little equations. I think there's that little like. A backwards E symbol well, used somewhere. <laughs> What's that one? An I'm, integral or something? In- I'm, I'm going to say this. Yeah, it has all those fancy symbols and it's all crazy math and statistics. And I went down this rabbit hole because you hear a lot of different indexes. There's Shannon, there's Simpson, there's this Weaver, there's an inverse bloppity blop. Yeah. But the Shannon is the one that everyone knows. It's the one we're measuring on the microbiomics. That's an add-on to the GI effect. So the Shannon Diversity Index. And you're right. It's it's backwards E's and weird symbols and blah. But I wanted to know, why is it called the Shannon Index? Okay. Well, wouldn't you want to know that? I assume there's somebody out there named Shannon. There is. His name is Claude Shannon. And although we're sitting here making fun of the backward E's and all the crazy symbols, Claude Shannon was I, a to genius. Be clear, I would never make fun of a math equation that okay. looks like that. Okay. I mean, that you look at that and you're just like, what kudos to whoever that's figured right. that out. So that's my point about Claude Shannon. He's a genius. And and to be honest, every time I see the word Claude or the name Claude with an E, I immediately think they're French. Mm. Do you? No. You don't think Monet? No. You just go right to Claude. I just think of old-timey name. Like, in my family lineage, there's a lot of names where you're like, what? That's a name? <laughs> Do you have any Claudes? No. Oh. My grandpa was LaRue. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's really nice. Okay, well, Claude. Shannon, mm-hmm. 
not French. He's actually American. And the more I dug deep into the life of Claude Shannon, the more intrigued I became. Because uh, really, really, he has nothing to do with the microbiome. He was a, ma- he was a mathematician and a cryptographer. What's a cryptographer? He's like he was someone who broke codes during World War II. Oh. World War II. So he was a math guy. He was a mathematician. And so we're thinking Shannon. We always think Shannon Index. We're thinking the gut microbiome. Right. This dude was a mathematician, man. It was yeah. pretty cool. All right. Well, kudos to, to Claude. Is there anything in particular that enticed you about <laughs> Mr. Shannon? You know, he has a movie. There's a movie about him. No. It's called The Bit Player. You know, bit like binary zeros and ones. Oh, like a, like a bit? Like a mega, yes. megabit? Yeah. Megabyte? Yeah, yeah. A zero and a one? Yeah. So they, there's a whole movie about him because he is actually the father of information theory, meaning he's the person who pioneered communicating digital information back in like the mid-1900s. So you're saying he created binary? No, he didn't create it. He took all of this information back in the day, back in the mid-1900s, and he was the first to pioneer communicating digital information. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Are you asking me to leave? This is our most rockin' episode. It is, so Anyway, fun. no, I'm it. intrigued. I want to hear more about Claude. Okay, so <laughs> he's like a super genius. Yeah. What's, what else does this guy do? Well, let me just say... Why'd they make a whole movie out of it? Let him? me just say, if you sent a text today or perhaps ordered something from DoorDash, you can thank Claude Shannon. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, it's crazy. I just pulled up just his Wikipedia page, which is amazing. Did you know that... Claude Shannon also worked to develop a mathematical formulation for Mendelian genetics, which led to a thesis called an algebra for theoretical genetics. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's true. In addition to the Shannon index, there's something called the Shannon number, where he calculated an estimate of the game of chess's complexity, and it's still regarded today. Get out of here. Get out of here. Well, did you know that Claude Shannon back in the 50s had a mechanical mouse that he created that was programmed to go through a maze and it may have actually been the first artificial learning device of its kind. Get out of here. Get out of here. here. Did you know that he also proposed white space to be the 27th letter of the what? alphabet, which therefore would lower uncertainty in written language, providing a clear quantifiable link between cultural practice and probabilistic <laughs> cognition. Oh, come on, get out of here. That's crazy. Get out of here. Well, did you know that later in his life, he actually built a device that could solve the Rubik's Cube? Get out of here. Did you know that his hobbies included juggling, unicycling, and he's the first inventor huh? of a wearable device huh. that was used to improve the odds of playing roulette? Get out of here. Man, what a fascinating guy. Told you. And so we think of Shannon Index. We think Shannon's all about the microbiome. He clearly was not. But <laughs> he that, has other things going. He had a lot going on. But that math and that way of thinking about how to quantify things, because really what he was doing when he came up with that equation was trying to quantify entropy in some of the texts that were coming through through the war to predict mm. what the next string of words were. So it's an interesting calculation that we use now to this day. It's fascinating that... It's that's the origin story uh-huh. of the Shannon diversity. And the other thing I, you alluded to it, but we tend to think of the Shannon diversity uh, as being specific to the gut microbiome mm-hmm. and diversity. But it's actually probably used way more in ecology yep. um, to, to study the diversity of, of all these different types of ecosystems and the, you know, the 
fauna and flora yep. in those systems. thousand percent. And shortly after Claude Shannon came up with this calculation and this index, a lot of other ones popped up. Like there's the Simpson index, the inverse Simpson, Jeannie Simpson, Berger Parker index. There's a lot. What, this is like keeping up with the Joneses? <laughs> like, Shannon's got an index. I'm going to do an index too. The mathematicians are pretty competitive. <laughs> you wouldn't think, right? <laughs> but as it relates to the microbiome... Game theory, I guess. <laughs> we only think of two. We think of the Shannon Index and the Simpson Index, but what's the difference between those? They're both alpha diversity. What's the difference between those, Michael? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. So basically, the main thing is that the Shannon diversity tries to take in all the things in the data set, make sure they're represented, randomly sampled, things like that. Simpson was kind of like, you know, there's a little stuff in the data set. It's not really that big of a deal. Okay. So it gives more weight to the, the dominant things, you know, or, you know, the dominant species. And, you know, the, the rare things, it gives it w much less weight as far as affecting the overall diversity score. Okay, well then, which is better, the Shannon or the Simpson? Which one's a better measure of diversity in the gut? It depends. You mean it depends who you ask? It just depends, Patty. I mean, come on. I, I didn't know how to answer it, so I just, I just pulled that one out because it works in every situation. <laughs> okay, well, you, say, you say that, but can you imagine a situation where it won't work? It depends. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, I'm taking a stand, Michael Chapman. Okay. I'm All being right. definitive. I'm, I'm jumping off of that fence. Because, right, well, okay, Shannon or Simpson, right. which one is better? I'm going to say that even though there's no consensus, the Shannon is more widely used and studied as it relates to things like metabolic disorders, et cetera. So I'm going Shannon. What about other disorders? <sighs> Depends. Every time. Okay, so going thinking about this clinically, right? Because right. we're thinking, how do we use diversity as a biomarker? We started there with a biomarker. So we're talking about Shannon diversity as a biomarker. Like, I think one thing to keep in mind is that this is a, basically a, an integer. It's a number that you're getting back, and that number is being compared to a reference range, just like any other biomarker. And mm -hmm. so um, a high diversity, high Shannon diversity, is going to be relative to you know whatever population healthy cohort is being used to develop the reference range. So we had that conversation about alpha and beta. So the alpha is what we're measuring, which is your level of diversity within your gut. And But it is still being compared. It's just not being compared to like some other sample you did. It's right, being compared right. to a healthy cohort, Correct. which gives it more clinical value and more clinical meaning. Right. And if if you think about it, we have this new profile called the microbiomics, which is an add-on to the GI effects, and it's whole genome sequencing of your entire microbiome. So it's, in essence, giving you the digital and DNA signature of every bug that's there and what they could potentially do. So it's a lot of data. It's a lot of data. So you realize that in order to get a really good mark on diversity, you're going to have to measure everything so yeah. that you can get that evenness and richness. So if there are profiles out there or people who are giving you diversity scores that aren't measuring the entire microbiome. Sure, they're missing accurate. the richness yeah, part. They're missing a lot, actually. Yeah. And so the fact that the, the whole genome sequencing is part of now an add-on to the GI effects is able to give us that numerical score, Michael, yeah. that integer, which is important because that which can be measured can be tracked. Yeah, and this technology allows us to identify basically 95% of the entire microbiome. And you know, that remaining 5%, they're thinking is probably more likely due to viruses or things mm -hmm. like that. So from a commensal bacteria microbiome perspective, you are getting the most accurate read on the richness and the evenness uh, compared to any other even whole genome sequencing that's out there. Okay, let's say I order the GIFX and I get the add-on whole genome sequencing of the microbiomics mm -hmm. and 
I go right to that page that has my Shannon diversity index and it's low. And I think, oh my goodness, I need to increase my diversity because we've just talked about how important it is for systemic health. How would I increase that number? How am I going to improve my diversity and that score? Uh, Okay. So if we're talking about evenness and richness, then you want to think about what are things that are going to improve both evenness and richness. Mm -hmm. Um, So richness is basically the number of different species that are there. And richness has a very high correlation to the diversity in the diet, right? So different bacteria are going to respond to different food sources. So the more that you vary the types of foods that you're eating, it's likely to help improve overall richness because, you know, some of those low population, rarer bacteria might only survive on like kumquats. Mm-hmm. And so by eating kumquats, you're going to improve the, the population of those bacteria. I don't think I've ever had a kumquat. <laughs> They're terrible. But anyway, <laughs> what you want to also have is, you know, an abundant food source for the microbiome as well. So you think about things like prebiotic foods or even prebiotics themselves. If we're talking about a microbiome deficiency standpoint, you're trying to boost levels back up. Um, and so, you know, that's going to help also with the richness, but probably also with the evenness as well, because it's allowing, uh, you know, abundant food sources for all the commensal bacteria. There are also some really important lifestyle things that are associated with having increased diversity, including proper sleep, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the right amount of sleep, resting for your body, as well as exercise. And we know that we've had several exercise physiologists on this show who have talked about doing microbiome studies with exercise and seeing the shifts and the changes thereof. Yeah. And maybe avoidance of unnecessary antibiotic use. That's great. Such good information. Mm-hmm. Now, this brings me to the final question. Do you think Claude Shannon would be proud to know that in addition to making that wearable device to help him cheat at roulette, he's also well-known worldwide now as the person's name who's... A, attributed to this diversity index of the microbiome. It's hard to know, and I say that mostly because he has these like deep, mysterious, smoky eyes. <laughs> so it's hard to know what he's thinking. You got your own end, didn't you? I mean, he's dapper. That's, that's he all He is dapper. He, yeah. So you know what I'm hearing from you? What's that? That you're going to spend your weekend either on Amazon Prime or YouTube watching The Bit Player. No, I'm going to spend it looking for unicycles. Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk to Anna Lemke. New York Times bestselling author and recent star of the Netflix special, The Social Dilemma. That was really interesting. Frightening. This is going to be sweet. I am psyched. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. I mean, not only is Bill Wirtz amazing at creating music and videos, uh-huh. but on his website, when he does the question and answer, people just write in questions wow. and he answers Genius. them. It's, it's amazing. It's I, like, I could spend all year there. <laughs> but having spent a lot of time in his YouTube channel because you make me... Those answers to those questions are exactly as you would expect that he'd be answering some of these questions. Yes. It's ridiculous. And it works both ways. Just by reading these Q&As, you know exactly who this person is, right? So this question is, 
how do I finish my dissertation? And his answer says, just continue to dissertate. (laughs) Who's that one guy from that one movie with the thing? Tom Hanks. (laughs) Perfect. See, there goes the rest of my day now. I'm going to watch and listen to every one of these. Keep going. What is your opinion on bagels? Too soft for war, too hard for peace. (laughs) 